What is going on, guys? We are back again. Uh, this is an episode where Savon and I are now back in the flesh in front of you together. Uh, we've done solo episodes now, and uh, we are excited to be back here with you today. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about something that is uh, extremely important, but uh, we can often lose in this social media interconnectivity world uh, in this run as fast as you possibly can, because we got to run up the bag tomorrow. And if we don't, we're not, we don't mean anything to anybody. Um, we're going to talk about presence, what it means to be present, what presence looks like, how you can, uh, you can utilize being present and, uh, kind of the downsides if you're not, um, and say, if you kind of want to start with maybe your most recent trip. Yeah. So we went, uh, my partner and I, Haley, we went to Tulum, uh, not last week, but the week before my brother's getting married and he's having his bachelor party down there. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, if I'm going to go to Mexico, I ain't going to go for three days. Let's, let's go for the whole week. So we were there for the whole week and staying super close to downtown. And it was a wonderful time. We didn't do anything wild. It was just a good time. But what I realized while I was down there was just how, how long the days felt in a good way. Um, you know, it was very rare. It was like maybe one, a handful of occasions where I actually was, was in, in need of, of the time where I had to check, okay, what time is it? All right, we gotta be at XYZ location at, at this time. But other than that, everything it just, just flowed very naturally. It was okay, we wake up, all right, boom, let's walk, grab us some food. Okay, when we're sitting down eating, there's, there's no rush to get to the next thing, the next task, the next to-do item. And I, I know that's nothing groundbreaking to hear, but it was definitely a change of pace for me because I can have a tendency of falling in this habituation of a consistent ping pong back and forth between tasks, like a squirrel or something and, and not really leaving space, you know, and we've had this talk in private just about efficiency and how a lot of people who work for themselves, there can be this lie, this illusion. We tell ourselves about how busy we are when in reality, it's usually just know the efficiency is so trashed you know, in that other uh, adage about basically the amount of time you're given to do something, you will feel that amount of time to accomplish the task. Uh, so, so I definitely felt that going away and just shifting the headspace, being in a fresh environment, it was it was it was really good for my whole being to just step outside of the, the confines and the, the trap, the shackles of a schedule or of time for a while. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me that sometimes working for ourselves, we can actually be in tighter chains and uh, and anchored to the ground than if we were working for someone else in the matrix, as they say. Uh, I find that quite quite interesting. Um, so, reason why I, I think this is important. Um, more recently, I, uh, a situation in my life has uh, has led me to to really have to be a little bit more present uh, or present. Excuse me. Um, an individual uh, that was in my life, um, in large part was very beneficial to my life, um, is not anymore. And it kind of brings me, kind of brings me to a point where I kind of wonder, and, and I know that we've talked on previous episodes about, you know, there is no past and there is no future, but it brings me to this point where I, I really truly think we have this moment and now we have this moment. And now we have this moment. And really, why are we living life out 
outside of that. I mean, we can plan. I mean, we can uh, fortify and we can look forward to, hey, how we want to raise our kids, how we want to um, set ourselves up financially, how we want to serve the next person we come in contact with. But why are we living our life so damn far out? I find that every time I do that, and I don't know about for you, I have overwhelming fear of like, what the hell is going to happen, right? Like what, what could happen? What will happen? I start creating scenarios in my head. And it's not that you shouldn't, you know, do this in sales to make sure that you cover all objections, but I don't think this frame should be applied to everything in our life. I don't think this frame should be applied to, well, it might help for those that are eating shittily um, to look at what their life might look like in the future if they don't change that. But when we go back to the more micro stuff, you know, who, who's my partner going to be in five, 10 years, 20 years? Who's my, who's my best friend going to be at this time? Is my brother going to be alive? Is my dad going to be here? Like, does it even make sense to give energy to this shit that doesn't exist? I think you're exactly right in, in that train of thought, because the idea of depression is uh, a fixation on the past and anxiety is a fixation on the future. Mm. And and I, I didn't have that broken down to me until a few months ago. And I was like, oh, wow, the, the, the past, the depression thing I have, but the anxiety, I wasn't as real. I've never heard either of those. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, man. I think it might have been the holistic psychologist. I may have saw, seen a graph or something she put up. Solid I just account. visualized it. Solid man, psychologist. Man. Yeah, man. It's going to be lit when we have her on the show, bro. It will and, happen. And so that whole point that you just made of, of, of being in the perpetual present, it's, it's useful because obviously, even when we make goals, when we think about our futures, the only way we arrive there is through a succession of present moments. And once again, nothing that's never been said before, but I think it can get lost. And that's definitely happened to me on many occasions this past year. And, you know, different sorts of life events can kind of put that pressure on somebody and even, you know, the last relationship I was in, the current relationship I'm in now, there were these moments where I would get this crazy anxiety about the future, you know, and, and it might be a bad day in the relationship or, or, or a bad day for me, not necessarily if anything wild happened, but this thought of, you know, will I still be, is this what it's going to be like five years from now, like you said, 10 years from now? And then if I started giving that too much thought and trying to play those situations out, it would it would make me feel differently about how things were right now. And because I didn't necessarily have the, a positive vision or I lacked certain vision about what that future would be like in, in a way that would motivate me towards it. Instead, I found it a lot easier, at least where, where I was at that point in time, to have that vision of the future kind of repel me away from that. And thus my actions in the present started to, to, to uh, look like things that would sabotage the current state of the relationship I was in. And so flipping that frame to, to take that one day at a time approach and really just focus on that is in my experience, the best way to have an enduring relationship is not to worry about, you know, what's gonna happen all this time down the road and not to let what you see happening to other people influence how you're picturing your own trajectory either because that's that definitely can happen like we were at a wedding this past weekend you know and some people if that's the if they were a guy 
with their girl coming back from a wedding, immediately, you know, there might be this energy from your partner, you know, about, well, you know, so, so when you going to ask me and just putting all this pressure on. So I definitely think it, it, there's a lot of value in just planting oneself in, in that moment. What have you found? You know, we try to keep this joint actionable. What is it that you've done or, or what helps you get back to that place where you can kind of sit in the actual moment? I mean, a gratitude practice, five things. You know, whether it be in the morning or whether it be just when you start to feel overwhelmed. I mean, when I start going too far out, I, I write about all the things that I have now. Yeah. I write about all the people in my life that I love. I write about all the all the experiences that I'm, I'm experiencing currently that bring me joy. I mean, it quite frankly, I didn't journal or I didn't do gratitude. or I didn't do any honestly any of that shit until I met you. And until you drilled it into my head over and over and over that you can absolutely change your situation. And it's not like that's new knowledge. Sometimes you need to hear it a different way from someone that you respect and from someone that you see doing these things that they're saying, not someone in the pulpit saying one thing and then doing another. You know, I was raised, um, dad was a great example, but many other people that instructed me to do things were not. And so when he's gone, I, I'm hesitant to take advice from people. You know, I'm, I'm very skeptical <laughs> of what's coming out of people's mouths because I'm seeing them, you know, it, it's that whole age old axiom, you know, do, do as I say, not as I do. And so it wasn't until you kind of bring in and being vulnerable and private uh, with details that, I mean, we're not going to divulge here about your practices and, and what's, what's worked for you in the past, what's not worked for you in the past and, and how you reground. But I mean, also some of that also for me comes down to, Hey, now taking my shoe off and my, my foot out of that tiny toe box and walking in the grass <laughs> legitimately, you know, getting some stretching in, getting some movement, doing some walkouts to front plank to up to some breathing exercise in the middle. Like, you know, when I get myself back to feeling that I'm alive that I'm living, that I'm supposed to be here, that there's a reason for me to be here, that somebody else wants me here and not someone that has implicit benefit for me being here, whether it be romantically, sexually, or business-wise. There's not an inherent incentive that's external for me to be here and they still care about me. Ooh, thinking about those people puts me back in a place where I can be present, where I can say, hey, I am better off here than not. I'm better off here presently, not just living, but presently than out in the future or back in the past. And we've talked about closure, but ah, man, I, I really think the, the, the fundamentals, movement, journaling, whether it be gratitude or abundance or writing down goals or what have you, and, and then just legitimately thinking, and this might be a little heady, you know, legacy. If you were to leave today, if you were to be taken today from a higher power, from a bus, from someone running up in your house, <laughs> whatever, What's what would people bus? around you say? And if it's that, hey, he was on the path to do these things, or he was in route to be this person, or he was trying to go down the path to help these people, and, it, and it's not. He does these things now. He treats people like this. He impacts the world today, like in these ways. He impacts and shows up for his friends in these ways. And what are you doing? 
be future focused so much that your brain's going to explode because you're always going to be trying to just, you know, just knock out the legacy. But if you're not here, how, how, do, how do you feel? How do you live? How do you love? How do you serve a partner? How do you show up for your friends? How do you help a homie out with the business? How do you play connector? How do you like how you can't? Friends. So that's a long tangent there, but you got to feel like you're alive. If you haven't right. reminded yourself, go do some jumping jacks or some burpees or walk down the street or crawl on the grass or roll around on the ground with the dog. You're alive. If you choose to be. Very well put. Very well put because when we sit and we really assess what our being is made of, we have the intellectual component, we have the emotional component, we have the physical component, spiritual component. And then, you know, obviously you have finances, you have career, all these other things. But to your point, especially in this sort of day and age, being in an information age, we, we take in so much data so many time. facts <laughs> and figures and opinions and uh, assessments and perspectives you know and, and this is something i still am working out of, of what i feel has been a you know a year or two of being overly in my head that you know if you're too far in any direction once again bring it back to the whole balance concept but i think on average the average person lives more in their head than they do in their body. And that's a relationship that has different ramifications than if you're two in your body and not enough in your head. And, you know, given that we are biologically based beings, that physical component might have a slightly, you know, it may not be split equally across them all. It might have, you know, a little <laughs> bit more than, than some of these other components. And the simple things, like you said, man, you know, those days when you wake up, and just the way the light's coming in, you know, you're just like, oh, my God, this is so like, and it's only like that for a few moments, you know, and the way that the breeze feels, you know, we got back from Mexico, that boy, it was hot there, it was hot. And as soon as we got back the next day, it was even that difference in the sensation of what it was like down there in Mexico, and what it's like here, even being on the beach, anytime I've gone to the beach, it always is striking to me just how blinding the sunlight is. You know, it just, it, it puts me in awe in a way of just like, damn, well, that's the sun. That's the sun and little rocks, <laughs> you know, having this effect. And I think just so many ways people can, can ground themselves, but the physical component is, is crucial. It's crucial, man. What do you think? What do you think is the biggest vulnerability with the way that we live today from not being present? I mean, I know you, you touched on anxiety and depression, mm -hmm. but how do we get so detached from present? Is it because we don't like our life? Is it because we don't want to live the way we're living? Is it because we don't want to be doing the things that we're doing? Have we taken our direction in life from somebody else that came before us? Some paternal influence, maybe? You know, I, I think I've said this on other podcasts, and 
I'd love your thoughts uh, to the question that I didn't let you answer. But um, I don't think that I'd be the man that I am today had my dad stayed around straight up. I was in his shadow for years. I did what he did because he was my dad. I think there's a lot of people that I know that are doing the same things that their daddy does because they haven't metaphorically killed thy father. Now that sounds harsh, but um, at some point you got to be your own man, don't you? Be your own woman. You got to be your own person. That's the biggest vulnerability. I think it's a combination. I was talking to Haley about this last night. When we come out the gate, it's like this. This is what's in our purview. And this, that that, that lane Mm -hmm. is built based on the environment you're around. You know, so the whole, is it, you know, nature versus nurture. Out the gate, it's whatever you have available. And so that's your family. That's, you know, the, the community you're in. That's the landscape that you grow up around. That's the, the, the weather. All of that is, is that lane. And as we get older and we gain greater autonomy, we start to have the ability, the agency to bring new things into that lane, to widen it and take it from a two lane road to a four, to an eight, to a 16, infinitely, but we have to continue to do the construction work. And as we know, being from Atlanta, when they start working on these goddamn roads, (laughs) this shit can take years (laughs) to add a couple lanes. But once the lanes are added, oh my God, the way things flow so much better. And I think for a lot of people, they get to a point where they're tired of doing construction, if they've even ever done the construction. Some people never finish the construction. And so they wind up with more problems than if they would have finished doing the work instead of jumping off the train halfway through. And then we wind up with all these half, people who halfway know themselves, have all these split personalities that they've created. Where in this situation, they're this person, in this situation, they're this person, in this situation, they're this person, because they haven't fully integrated these varying aspects of their life and who they are, their interests, uh, their struggles from the past, their future goals and ambitions, and ultimately day by day, how you feel in the moment, what you choose to do, how you choose to feel and manage your own energy, that's the process of being present. And so as people go along this path, if they haven't sufficiently expanded their roads, they wind up taking the same routes as everybody else. And so they look at what this person's doing and they look at what this person's doing and they wind up repeating it. When I was talking to Devin earlier, we were discussing people who basically get trapped in in, in their own quote unquote success. The thing that they were chasing becomes their bondage. So somebody goes to school, they, they grew up in poverty, so they know the importance of money. So like, you know what, what's the job that pays a lot? being a lawyer, I'm gonna go to law school. They go to law school, get a law job, they wanna blow their brains out, they hate the shit. But that job is now necessary, quote unquote necessary, for them to pay off the debts that they've had. This person is using their quote unquote logic to make all of those decisions. But logic is based on the values associated with how that all is coded. You have to give it a rule set. And so most people's logic is built on a shared rule set that they inherited from those outside influences. 
And so that's the only reason that it makes logic is based on their value system. If their value system changed, for example, instead of prioritizing money, they prioritize their satisfaction of life, the logic in their decision-making would be different. And so instead of absolutely, you know, anytime you're offered the higher paying job, you take it. They may say, okay, well, what are gonna be the ramifications to my quality of life? So am I gonna be removed from my support system, my friends, my family, this area that I love, this environment that I love? Am I gonna trade all of that so that I can see a couple more zeros on the end of my fictitious account. The IOU account. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the, 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 the ticker of debt. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I think you get where I'm going with it is just simply people's value systems begin basically being given to them. And to me, that's where the role of a good parent comes in and set them up, not necessarily with your value system, but with a value system that is flexible enough to allow them to, to, to choose a life that they truly have, have created and not one that they saw demonstrated and now they are miming and they have convinced themselves because the intonation is so good that it feels like those are their decisions. Miming. I think that's the vulnerability, man. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, if, if we're going to be present, then we have to be constantly auditing. No, but to be constantly. Literally, yes, bro. Yes. That's well, my then, favorite form of, of the uh, mindfulness is in, and you got to be careful. So you're not always just like overthinking shit, but it is like a to, to do in the back. You're like, uh, audit, audit, check, check. All right, we're good. Yeah. How much of that do you, how, how much responsibility do you think falls on uh, the individual to surround themselves with people that um that are willing to hold them to that to that level of audit you know the answer to that <laughs> yeah but answer it's it because i asked <laughs> yeah man it's it's absolutely responsibility of every person to to as a metaphor do the construction work mm -hmm. on their roads and that's every aspect of your life you know like even through our journey of knowing each other man the changes that have happened on both ends. We are, we, are, we are not the same people we were when we met each other, man. And I love that about people I keep around me. Like that's almost been the determining, the single determining factor of who I've cut out of my life is if too long of a time passes and I feel like they haven't had a software update. I'm like, uh, yeah, man, this- yeah, like You're running on the wrong firmware here. I don't- Yeah, I don't know you know, saying it's too many incompatibilities now with my software. You know, so I got to find something else that's, that, that, that's more compatible because I can only be so backwards compatible, you know, and I think that obviously the idea of echo chambers, you know, people have to be careful about only exposing yourself to the stuff that, that you agree with, uh, you know, and, and not being reactive when you have a strongly held belief that, that you and you come up to opposition to it. Uh, because that's the only way that, that the real dialogue can happen. And, and usually that process of changing oneself, something is going to be destroyed, you know, or something's going to have to yield. And so regardless, that's a part of you that has to yield, you know, but if you're the one forcing the change, then it's like, how do you choose to see that whole growth process? Are you looking at it from the side of you that is yielding, i.e. the victim? Or are you looking at it from the side of the one that is doing the, 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 the conquering or the winning or the, the renovation process, the, the one who is making those changes? And like, that's a real small tweak of perspective.
You know what I mean? And yeah, man, no one person has the fucking answer. And that's different for everybody. And it happens at different time frames. And and usually it's a rough process to some degree, you know, and it's almost like Haley was making this point yesterday about if if you're a person who has done work and nobody is goddamn perfect, but if you're somebody who has done work <clears throat> after you've done like a, 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 a substantial enough degree of work, it is very easy to recognize other people who have done work and people who have not. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I'd almost say that there's a little bit of um, a little bit of tribalism that comes down the pipe when uh, when you're in a place and you look around and a lot of people haven't done work. A lot of people are just spouting off what the news is saying. A lot of people are just spouting off what their mama said 20 years ago. A lot of people are just repeating what they hear on Sunday without understanding why that's coming out of somebody's mouth, without even being able to point to where it came from. Everyone has a different belief system. There's, and they're all rooted in different things. I mean, I think a commonality there is hope, right? Why would you believe in something that's not giving you hope? And oftentimes people have come from dark, dark pits and they have clung to something that maybe I don't understand why you would cling to. However, if you're not even auditing what's coming into your brain and you're not auditing the people around you, I don't know what the hell you're doing. But I sit before you here and I would be a hypocrite if I didn't say that for years I didn't do that. For years, I just took what was given to me as a child, I, I just took what was given to me and, and I looked down on others for different reasons. And I'm not saying that you need to be elitist with doing the work, but I also do think that I expect those that are going to be sharing company with me to be at a level of growth, a level of pursuit to growth, to betterment, to understanding self. If you can't even tell me why you react to a certain thing a certain way and you do it all the fucking time, are you working on yourself? If you can't tell me why you have an aversion to trying a different diet that's not riddled with processed meat, what the fuck are you doing? If you can't tell me that, if you can't tell me why you think that people speaking Spanish in the United States is such a problem, you racist pig, you're not doing the work. Because the fact of the matter is the United States is a, a melting pot and we're not called to hate one another. We're called to maybe understand others' cultures and way of life, whether you agree with them or not. So I don't know. I'm, and it sounds elitist me saying this, but I, I feel repulsed sometimes when I'm around a large quantity of individuals that haven't done the work, that are just spouting off random shit from other people that they don't even understand but it's been programmed over and over and over. And I think that the, the, most clear and, the most clear example of this is sports teams, <laughs> politics, religion, right? And the diet culture. They will call you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because you're plant-based and have no idea what that even means. Like, and, go ahead. And if I, yeah, the, and... <laughs> And the people within the plant-based community, because I was even uh, just, I was looking at chicken coops the other day, because I'm looking at the landscape and I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, I didn't think it would be this soon. I would need the chickens. 
you know, and I'm totally at peace with that. If I decide to get the goddamn chicken coop, get some chickens and eat some goddamn scrambled eggs, that's perfectly cool with me. And I don't give a fuck what anybody's opinion is. And if that didn't make me vegan anymore, I don't give a fuck. Well, because I might assert you're not an ideologue. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm trying to demonstrate because anytime, like you said, we want hope, we want to belong. And anytime we really gravitate towards something or we, we pick up a new habit or we have a new way of going about our lives, we, we often become, we leave one group behind and we join another group. And then we kind of have this loyalty to that group. Same way that me being as deep into crypto stuff, I, I own some stocks. I'm going to get more. I'm going to get some real estate. And I'm not going to tell somebody they shouldn't do those things just because my main gang is crypto. <laughs> and, and I think for a lot of people, it's like, it's, it's the whole thing, momentum, resistance. You know, why do I want to buck the trend? Nobody wants to be the middle child where you're middle of the road and, and you could have been in this group, you could have been in that group, but now they both don't fuck with you. Kind of like being like, a, that's bit, frightening. Kind of like being a mixed mixed kid, you know? White, black, right in the middle. Facts, facts, facts. But, hey, <laughs> if you a grandpappy who used to tell your kids, don't ever marry a black guy, and then they bring home the mixed baby, guess what? You're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> and then you will either grow or you won't and um and those become the real test of self you know what i mean fuck some outside opposition like we talked about before man fuck some outside enemy you are the enemy yeah yeah it's interesting so Top three recommendations. Uh, we'll end on something actionable here on this topic. Top three recommendations for somebody to, on your end, to be more present. Man, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say one you already said, man. But you got to move your body. Uh, find a practice that works for you. It can be something as simple as walking, something as simple as you know stretching, breathing, but something that incorporates your body. Uh, the second thing would be to engage your senses. So uh, something I'm sensitive to is smells and, 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 and sounds. So if you, when you wake up, sometimes it, it just takes stopping for a moment and just noticing all the sensations. So not just what you feel, but what you hear, what you smell, what you might be tasting uh, and any other sensations that you, that you might notice. So those include things like intuition uh, and, or your gut feeling, that sort of stuff. And then the third thing is just, just, just fun, laughter. You know, like there are some days where I'm like, damn, man, how long have I gone today and, and not had like one of those real belly laughs, you know? So just having fun, not being overly serious and, and, and just finding a way to get some of that oxytocin, some of those endorphins going naturally LED free, you know? Yeah. What you no, got? I like it. I like it. I mean, I would say you need to ground, uh, ground with movement. I would say that that's something that's been very instrumental in uh, me coming back to present. Because if you take your, uh, you know, your feet out of that tiny ass toe box, Mr. Nike and Adidas, uh, your feet have to spread out. And then you all, you have to tripod foot. You have to actually pull on the ground to stay grounded. You can't just wear a elevated heel foot. Shoo, it's not going to work. 
So doing that, um, I like to just run through a little, you know, some walkout, some lunges, just some jumping lunges, not even all the way down, nothing too crazy. Get the heart rate up for five or six minutes, not super high, just manageable where you can feel that you are, you are alive. There's a bead of sweat. I am alive, you know, um, that I, I'm, I would say journaling, but I, I think that, you know, journaling can kind of turn some people off. Uh, I think that you could take out journaling and put in breath work. I think you could take out breath work and you could put in meditation. I think you could take out meditation and use yoga or Pilates as your meditation or hell go in and take it up a notch, go into the gym or go out in nature and, and run up a mountain, you know, get, get some hiking in. I don't know, some more aggressive movement to kind of spike your heart rate to really get, get your endorphins flowing, I think is a, is a great idea. And mindfulness, I mean, mind fully on, like fully on being here, not, not worried about past or future, not worried about what your grandmama th thinks about you, not worried about what the pastor thinks about you, not worried about what your partner is even doing, completely shut out everything, put that damn phone away. That's a great recommendation. We get sucked into to here. I think it's all life. Um, and then, I mean, really, the other, the other thing is, I think we're going to have to go over the concept of time one of these days. Sure. We're going to definitely have to run a, run up a, a full podcast on time because we get so fixated at the next 15 minutes, the next quarter hour, the next half hour, uh, 30 past nine, you know, like <laughs> time is something that you can use to your benefit to, to, to life hack, but also it can be a shackle just as much as working for yourself can be, or anything else can be anything, anything like that can turn into something that, that, um, aggressively fastens you to the ground in the basement with the door locked. And like, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. You really don't. So uh, I don't have anything else. Um, I've enjoyed this. I'm glad that we've gotten back to it. It has been a handful of weeks and I really do. Uh, I really do enjoy doing this. So I appreciate y'all listening. You can find us literally everywhere. Um, and I changed up our descriptions on YouTube. So they've got all of our updated links, all of our website links, all of our social links, uh, both of our YouTubes, both of our Twitters, they've got everything else. So if you need anything there, reach out to us on one of those platforms. We look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you in the future. And yeah, grateful for you being here. Appreciate it. Thank y'all. It's been lovely. Peace. Peace.